You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sis podcast. Hi sisters, I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout, we know. We're cultural observers. And of curious minds. Get ready for sisterly banter while we chat about fixations, learnings, and personal growth. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood! Hello and welcome back to OK Sis. My name is Madeline Rose Mayo. Ms. Madeline Rose Mayo. I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to go full name. I didn't know you were going to say Ms., which, is there a difference between Ms. and Miss? You know, unclear. There's definitely, there must be, but like, it's just annoying that we even have two alternative options where men don't have any of those options. It's Mr. Through and Through, single or married. Wow. Yeah, you're right. I think Miss is before you're married. Mrs. is when you're married. And then potentially, if you're widowed or divorced, you go to Ms. God damn it. Like, why do we need all these labels? You know what? I don't know. But hi, sisters. I am Mrs. Scout Sobel since I am married. (laughs) I am uh, Mrs. Scout Sophia Sobel here to report for duty. Oh, duty. Yeah. Okay, sis is a duty. Oh, okay, sis is a duty. It's a privilege and a duty. I say duty in like the highest honor. Like, it's almost as if... In the fact that this is a duty, I have to show up 
Because if I don't, my highest purpose is not achieved, expressed, and fulfilled. Wow. Yeah. So here we gather to do our duty. I feel like it's you're like a, a, a reform rabbi. Here we gather. Oh. <laughs> here we gather. Oh, my God. Ben and I, that's one of our like, you know, you have like sticks with your partner. Like you'll just have like little bits that you do constantly. So Ben and I always become reformed rabbis and cantors. And we're like, jump in, jump in. And then and we like speak. <laughs> if you don't know the words, it's okay. <laughs> and every single melody sounds like that. We always do that. I think my favorite part is when we went to Jewish camp, which was very, very reform. Sisters, if you're not Jewish, there is different sects of Judaism. There is reform, conservative, and orthodox. And so reform is the most casual, most secular. And when we went to summer camp mads, remember that one time where instead of singing the Mourner's Kaddish, which is a song that one sings to remember those who have passed, to honor the dead, etc. We sang, Do You Realize by the Flaming Lips. <laughs> that is that is so our camp to do something like that. Like we were like hipster, like indie Jewish kids and like <laughs> that was that's such a reform. Do that's such a reform thing. Realize, uh, oh my god, that's hilarious. I literally remember. I also remember being around 10, 11 at Jewish camp. And we were reading the Mourner's Kaddish, the prayer for the dead. And I, we read it in English. And I remember asking, because we had like Judaism hour, you know, in the morning. What was it called? What was Judaism hour called? It, it fucking sucked is what it was. What was it called? I don't know. Who okay. Cares? Or it was like tefillin or something. I don't know. No, no. Tefillin? <laughs> no. <laughs> tefillin is what you like wrap around your wrist i know but i feel like it was a play on that i don't know but anyways yeah there were a lot of puns there were a lot of jewish puns at camp yeah well i asked the judaica teacher why in a song that's all about death is the english translation us just thanking god and thanking and being grateful and i just want to point out that the judaica teacher was very impressed with my inquisitive curious and philosophical question and i asked myself in that moment should i be a rabbi oh my god scout the rabbi i mean we have scout you the professor would... it could just you know continue on the road <laughs> oh if, no but the professor was more so like a sexual fantasy i don't know if you want <laughs> rabbis in the sexual fantasy <laughs> Did you just say Scout the Professor is a sexual fantasy? Yeah. Remember when we were talking about that? Like the whole point was that it was a sexual fantasy that you would be the professor and your husband would be the lab student. Okay. I thought you were I thought you were separately complimenting me that I could be a professor. I didn't realize oh, that no, you no, were no. completely making up a fantasy and mocking me. Of course not. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just love to – I love the thought of you being a rabbi. Let's kind of – let's envision your temple. It would be – you know, everyone had to wear all black every day to the shul. Mm -hmm. We would be uh, reading Allen Ginsberg poetry instead of <laughs> saying the prayers. Yes. Palo Santo would be, you know, everywhere. Palo Santo would be everywhere. It would be like designed like Tulum. Oh, wow. What a sh I'd sign up. Yeah, we have a gratitude corner where you, instead of confessing to a priest, you could, you like audibly say what you're grateful for. Wait, and then Enrique Iglesias is the cantor. Oh, okay. Now we're on to something. Now we are on to something. And you know what? Who else I 
Wait, do you know who else I discovered? That's the best shul ever. Yeah, best shul ever. Do you know who else I discovered the other day? Ultimate respect for Flo Rida. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Have you heard the song, My House? Uh, is it my house in the middle of the street? No, that's... I, I know that that's not... That's like right. one of your favorite songs, weirdly, ever since when you were young. You know, welcome to my house. Baby, take control, control now. now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, it's a fucking banger. It is a banger. Tis. Tis it is. Uh, yeah. You just love to revisit, like, old... One hit wonders, it seems like. It, I just like to revisit a time where I knew what the fuck was going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. And that I emotionally felt connected to the current trends of art, music, literature, pop culture, etc. And now I feel as if I'm lost in a sea of adulthood, not knowing what grounds my generation in this time and age. Oh, wow. Slam poetry. Incredible. <laughs> You peaked culturally in like 2007. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. It's pretty, you know, I, I, I would actually say in general, I peaked in 2007. Okay, that, that could happen. I was uh, 15 and um, filling up water bottles with our parents' vodka and sneaking out. Oh, I did that too. Did you put water back in it? Of course I put water back in it. I'm not an idiot. Yeah, but then remember dad was like, just take it and don't put water in it because then you ruin the fucking alcohol. Yeah, well, that's when it was your turn. Okay. Oh. I paved I paved the way. Oh, I see. I see. Yes, I paved the way. Okay, let's do some current fixations because we're going to be getting into an episode all about our wellness hacks and go-tos, which is the absolute... Absolute opposite of stealing vodka from your parents' bar. See how far we have come. Guys, it's all the spectrum, okay? You can do both. You can blend the two sides. That's what OKSIS is all about. The silly and the sophisticated. The drunk and the spiritual. Do you know what is the most chuggy? Oh, no. What? When people say things like meditation and margaritas or... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Or what's the... Like namaste in bed. Namaste in bed. Or gurus and Gucci. Or um, mimosas and meditation. (laughs) Yes, yes, 100%. But honestly, like, they have a point. Like, you can do both. Yeah, let's just stick with... There is a trend. There is a trend right now on TikTok where it's like, you can do both. And it shows people, like, working out and eating healthy and then, like, being complete chaotic slobs and drinking a lot. Which is, you know, that's... uh, story of my life so okay let's get into current fixations i will start and i feel like i've said this on the podcast before and i understand that it might sound simplistic you might roll your eyes it might be too basic for you but i really really need to express my complete and utter obsession fixation and at this point i think it's unhealthy my love for kale it has gotten to a really really it's out of control I went to Whole Foods on Wednesday and I purchased six heads of kale. It is currently Wednesday morning and I have finished all six heads of those kale. Oh, I go through kale. Oh, I go through kale like a machine. All I do is saute it, a little bit of olive oil and some salt, and I am eating bowls, like two bowls worth of sauteed kale a day. It is, my husband says that it's daunting when he goes grocery shopping because 
the kale fills up so much space in the cart, in the bag, in the car, because really on average, I think for a whole week, I need about 10 to 12 heads of kale. That seems excessive, but I love this journey for you. I am also a kale head. Our father hates kale, so he he says kale is against his religion. So it's really unfortunate because anytime I go to his house, I have to it's BYOK, bring your own kale. So that is very unfortunate for us, but I I am also a kale stan. So I I approve this message. Well, I think that kale got this basic healthy marketing branding spin. Yeah, we need to rebrand kale. We, we need, need to, to rebrand, rebrand kale. kale because eight years ago it became this like super health food that was associated with not pleasurable eating. You know what I mean? It was... It was like, if you want to be really, really healthy, just eat your kale and kale ended up everywhere. But it got this bad rep in the sense that I think people just thought it was a healthy food that wasn't that didn't actually taste good. But kale is the fucking best. Like, I don't know why we've been eating spinach. I don't know why we've been eating romaine. Fuck spinach. Kale is the supreme green. I'm with you, sister. I am with you. And I will die on this hill with you. Wow. Yeah, we're kale stands. I'm not alone. I'm not alone in this world. No, you're not. All right. My current fixation. So I took a little hiatus from purchasing sweatsuits because um, I'm trying to be, you know, a good financial individual. That didn't make any sense, but I'm trying to budget. And I took a little break, but I treated myself to a sweatsuit because Obviously, they bring me the utmost joy, and I just feel my best self in them. So I decided to treat myself to Mate the Label, which I have heard many, many things. Actually, Scout, your best friend, Naomi, was the one that introduced me to Mate the Label. She's a big stan, and I've always wanted to try it. And I bit the bullet, bite the bit the, the bullet was bitten, and I bought a camel colored, so it's like very fall vibes, full sweatsuit. And I feel myself. I feel completely in like my highest self-worth. I'm operating from just a place of the utmost confidence and I'm back. I'm back, baby. Like there's nothing like buying a p- an article of clothing that just makes you so fucking happy. And this is it. This is it. It makes me like excited to get out of bed and put this fucking sweatsuit on and be cozy. Okay. I love pieces of clothing that do that. And also it's fall and winter. So I feel like the resurgence of the new, I I feel as if ever since, ever since 2019 and then 2020 solidified it. I feel as if, you know, clothing has different seasons. We have winter, spring, summer, fall, and all of the clothing. Thank you for um, rotates around that. Scout, okay, shut scout, up. Thank okay? you for mansplaining seasons to me. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck off. You know, we have different seasons and we have different clothes. <laughs> no, because this is how the fat. Hey, okay, my point is coming very soon. Oh, okay. So. In the same way, I believe that fashion lines come out with new collections per season. I really believe, you know, they come out with like, you know, I'm not trying to mansplain. I'm just saying like dresses in the summer, sweaters in the winter, whatever, whatever. I really feel as if the sweatsuit is now one of those main staples that they have to reinvent per season. Oh, for sure. 
for sure. So all the new fall and winter sweatsuits are currently coming out. Mm -hmm. Yes, this is how timing works for sure. Yes. So I love, I love it. Love made the label. Check them out. And they're also sustainable. So we like, we like that, you know, like a little ancillary benefit. It's not ancillary. It should be primary, but it is nice because it's just, you know, very good for the environment. So with Hanukkah coming out, are you emailing a wish list? You complain about it every year, then no one gets you anything. And I tell you every year, you got to send a wish list. And then you say, that seems ridiculous. And then you get mad that you don't get any presents. So you know what? You need to take matters into your own hands. You need to ask for what you deserve and what you want, Scout. So you, this is what you do. You send an email with hyperlinks. You hyperlink each thing you want. And you put the sizing. You loop in. You CC. Actually, sorry. BCC. Dad. Mom. Deborah. Steven. All the parents. Okay? And then you will get delivered exactly what you want. And if they don't get you anything, then that's fine too. But... It, that way, they don't get you something you definitely don't want. You know what I mean? Listen, can we team up on this? Can we send one email together? Sure, 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 sure. Send me, send me your hyperlink. I'll do, I'll do the logistics and the operations. Because for the first time, for the first time in forever, oh no, I have a pretty extensive running list of things on my wish list. I want the lofty alarm clock. I want the a-gold leather pants. There's just, I want. To click the label bodysuits. I feel like I'm just sitting on a wish list and I'm usually not. And so I feel like this is maybe good, good holiday time to jump on that train. 100%. Yep. Holidays around the corner, Scout. Yeah, I know. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA-grown, eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute. I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. 
when I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie. Like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Okay, sisters, today we're going to be talking about our wellness hacks, routines, tips, tricks, all the things. I feel as if I remember when it was actually early in 2020 that I started to feel a connection to the word wellness. People would throw it around a lot, especially, you know, me and Mads live in Southern California, which is definitely one of the more wellness hub like places. But when people talked about wellness, it was difficult for me to comprehend because my mind was always mental health, physical health, right? There were two different camps. And the idea of wellness really didn't make sense to me until I started dabbling into a lifestyle. And I've really come to identify wellness as a lifestyle where what you do promotes your optimal being, promotes your optimal health, whether that's, you know, making sure you get nine hours, eight hours of sleep to feel good in the morning, whether that's taking care of your mental health, whether that's having a self-care night, whether that's skincare. It's kind of just encapsulating this entire lifestyle where the things that you do on a daily basis are adding to your happiness, your energy, your health, your clarity, all the things. So that's kind of how I started to become familiar and start identifying wellness. And then I started looking at everything that I do in my life as a proponent of that, supporting my wellness, et cetera. It's become this very, very beautiful lifestyle that touches on mental health, physical health, self-care, all of the things, everything in between, joy, happiness, feeling good, everything. So that's my relationship to wellness. I don't know, Mads, if you want to uh, touch upon yours real quick before we get through the list. Yeah, to me, wellness, I definitely define it in terms of physicality and different things that I do to and for my body, whether that's eating nutritiously, working out, everyone knows I'm a big, you know, exercise gal and only for mental clarity, really, not really for, you know, 
changing my body in a way, but making me stronger, both mentally and physically. But yeah, wellness to me also feels like, you know, reading and taking big chunks of my day to read and to journal and to be with myself and to take care of myself that way. I think there's this, uh, I don't know if it's a pressure or what it is, but it seems like people reserve self-care or reserve certain moments like that for either the weekend, for a Sunday, for a time where they have like a lot of free time and then they just kind of like pack in wellness and self-care into a very, you know, concentrated 24 hours or something and then they think that it's going to, you know, rub off for the rest of the week. Whereas I've tried to take more of an approach of just because it's a weekday doesn't mean that I shouldn't be practicing some wellness and inserting wellness into my routines. So stuff that I do daily is, I mean, we have a whole episode detailing our morning routines, but Scout and I are huge morning people. We love our morning routines and really it's because it sets the tone for the rest of the day and it really is something that just guides us throughout the day. So, you know, waking up, not looking at your phone, taking some deep breaths, journaling. Both of us do freehand journaling. I used to do the five-minute journal, which is great if you want more of like a prompted journal. I also recommend the Mad Happy Journal. I really, really love the questions they ask in that. And it's actually from our friend Meadow. She came up with all the questions in it. And then it's, you know, moving your body. It's being able to eat nutritiously and take care of of your body that way. But then also not restricting yourself too much. The other week I ate really well. I was I cooked every single meal because uh, back on that budgeting, I told you. Um, I cooked every single meal and I never restricted myself. Like if I wanted more to eat or if I wanted to eat something that wasn't vegetables, like I still cooked it, but it was, you know, not completely restricting. And I never felt better. Like it was such an amazing week of eating and planning and meals because it just felt super balanced and it wasn't as expensive as eating out. And I don't know, just like these little things that you, you just, you treat yourself and it doesn't have to be like completely restrictive. Like I need to only in no dairy no glue and da, da, da. It's like, just be, just listen to yourself and listen to your body and be super honest about what it needs in that moment. Yeah. Super, super beautiful for me. I, which we can get into kind of a couple of my more specific tips here, but for me, I think that I have to be a little bit more strict with myself when it comes to my food. I think that I generally do eat pretty healthy, but I also feel as if sometimes if it's the weekend or if I'm out with friends, I have this fuck it mentality. I'm going to enjoy my life. But unfortunately, with letting go, I think maybe I allow too much processed food, too much dairy, too much sugar into my system. And I really feel it the next day. And so just last week, I decided to hop on an anti-inflammatory diet, which is no alcohol, no cheese, no sugar, no preserved foods, no gluten. And in making that a little bit more strict in the beginning, just to jumpstart, that's also really helped me because when you are used to eating certain types of foods, your body really, really craves them. So if you are looking to start with food on your wellness journey, just to nourish your body more so you can feel better, sometimes I also don't think there's anything wrong with being like a little restrictive if that's what you need to do to jumpstart it. So 
I'm definitely like in four weeks, I'm not going to be completely as strict as I am today. But I will say that in getting really, really strict, it allowed my body some time to detox. And I feel like my pants just fit better. I'm not bloated. I don't feel like bogged down by my body. So in the food department, I think, of course, it's such a personal line for every single person and knowing what works best for your body is the most important thing. So if you feel like you need to be a little more restrictive to actually get a detox going or to reset your habits, that's totally fine too. Just always know that quote unquote balance is available for you as you move towards your path. A hundred percent. I mean, we could also talk about the mental stuff. And I mentioned that, you know, wellness and self-care doesn't need to be limited to one day a week, right? And it doesn't have to be large chunks of time. I think that's what people assume. And also, I think there's another narrative that every single day you only have like one hour of self-care. You know what I mean? Like only, you know, one little time, like when you're working out, it's the only time for yourself. And of course you're, you're busy and you have other priorities and responsibilities, but I think there's like little micro ways to insert wellness periodically throughout your day rather than like once in the morning, once at night. Right. So for me, I usually do the Pomodoro method when I work and that's 25 minutes of concentrated work and then five minutes of rest. And the five minutes, you're not supposed to be on your phone. So it's going and getting a cup of tea and like really being mindful about brewing the tea and like getting the mug and it's this whole kind of little ritual or, you know, you go and put some laundry away. You know, it's just like very mindful things just to rest for just five minutes. Another thing is I've been seeing a new therapist and And she, you know, I've been, I've detailed this a lot on the podcast, but I have a lot of very shame spirally type of thoughts. And she practically diagnosed me with OCD in terms of the type of thoughts that I have and how they consume me. And I, and I'm unable to kind of like get out of the thought and understand that it, the thought is just a thought, like it's not real. And I assign really, really deep meaning and value to those thoughts. So she has tasked me with this kind of like spreadsheet, if you will, where I have to write the date, what was the trigger for a thought, what was the fear rating from one to 10, and then what was the compulsion? Like what was the spiral? What? How did I get out of it? How did I soothe it? What, what happened after it? And just having the awareness of the thoughts has actually decreased them or even decreased the value that I place on them so heavily. So things like that where, you know, I'm in the middle of the day and I she tasked me and I'm a really good student. So, you know, I listen to her. She says every single time you have to have a thought, no matter what you're doing, you have to stop and write it down. And that might seem disruptive, but it's actually so helpful because it decreases the potential of it derailing me completely. So, you know, that's a form of wellness. It's not a fun form of wellness. And we talk about this a lot. Like self-care is not pretty. Like therapy is not fun. You know, some some self-care stuff is not fun. And people think it's this like, you know, bubble baths and skincare. Well, whereas yes, those things are important, but the real wellness, like to me, it's not this like fluffy thing. It's It's something that's really, really deep and it requires a lot of strength and a lot of bravery to confront and to, you know, because by confronting these things and by walking through these fires, you're then valuing yourself. You are saying to yourself, I matter. I deserve better. I deserve to work through this. And that's a really, really brave thing 
to come to terms with. Yeah, I just want to applaud you for that type of work because monitoring and accepting and challenging your thoughts consistently with commitment is so hard and probably the the most effective and important thing we can do when it comes to our healing. So the fact that you are one, taking it so seriously and answering the call is something that I think takes people so long in their life. They suffer so long before they're willing to just really do what it takes to dive in and change their habits and their thought patterns. So what you're doing, I think, sisters, if you're listening and you're struggling from thoughts that are repeating, obsessive, taking over your emotional life, implementing what Mads is doing is difficult, but I think it is truly the only way out. So first, I just want to applaud you, Mads, for doing it. It's fucking awesome. And I can't wait to hear what even like three months of that is going to do to the way your brain works because it's going to change so significantly. And I also think that when you were speaking, there was something that really resonated with me or came up for me in the sense that I actually think that there's a difference between wellness and healing. I actually think that we've lumped in, we keep saying, and I think this is really important. I think we're hitting on something here. I think the narrative has been do self-care to love yourself, do self-care to love yourself. And then we've all been like, oh, but wait, that's not the quote unquote real work. The real self-care work is therapy and monitoring your thoughts and being okay with the fact and accepting the fact that your thoughts are obsessive, et cetera. But I actually think we're lumping everything together too much. I actually believe that there's healing which is the therapy, which is the challenging the thoughts, which is the inner child work, which is the exposing your shadow and your trauma and all of that. I think that's healing. I think there's self-care, which is things that show you that you show up for yourself and that you love yourself. So self-care doesn't have to be intense and hard. And I don't think it actually is by nature. I think For me, the definition of self-care is taking care of myself. Like, what am I doing to give myself a hug today? What am I doing to say, hey, you matter and I'm going to prioritize you today? And then there's wellness, which are little moments in your life that are micro moments. It's a lifestyle more. Where are these little moments and how are you sprinkling them into your day-to-day life throughout the day that promote nourishment? of your soul, your mind, your spirit, or your body. So I kind of see this as there's wellness, which is a lifestyle made up of micro habits and supplements and tools and whatever to support the nourishment of your mind, body, soul. Then there's self-care, which are activities that give ourselves moments of giving ourselves a hug, showing ourselves that we love ourselves, honoring ourselves, giving us space, putting ourselves first. And then there's healing, which is the deep inner work that comes with therapy, that comes with trauma, inner child, like everything you do, Mads, with Lacey Phillips's work, like that would be in healing. And I think that maybe we're just looping all three of these together. And so we're like, hey, that sheet mask, you're not getting it right. Like that's not actually self-care. But I actually think that is the only kind of way you can do self-care is stuff like that. And then healing, while yes, a form of self-care, you know, they kind of all interwine, but like healing is its own separate thing. If that makes, does that make sense? Does that resonate? Yeah, I agree. What would you say are micro wellness moments that you have throughout your day? Okay, so I wrote down a couple. 
So one, I'll just go through my list here. Wow, you prepared? Yeah, I have a whole list of my uh, wow, my wellness, my micro wellness moments that I do throughout my day. You're a good student, Scout. A plus. It's a rare moment for me. <laughs> So I do Melissa Wood meditations in the morning. Every single morning, I do a 10 to 15 minute Melissa Wood meditation. I take my immunity supplements, you know, especially in the world that we're living in. I just think it's so important to be boosting our immunity. So I take echinacea, elderberry, zinc, and base camp, which is a mushroom immune complex. For brain health, every single morning, I will take a spoonful, not every single morning, but most mornings or in the middle of the day, I just literally swallow a spoonful of flax oil omega-3. It's kind of weird. It just clears my brain fog a little bit. It just makes me a little bit more focused, which I love. I love taking baths as a self-care ritual, but then on a wellness ritual, I'll make sure that in the bath there's like an Epsom salt or any sort of like a detox mixture in it so I can get also physical benefits from that. I'm really, really into gua sha right now. So I have three stones. They're all from Wildling. I have the Empress Stone, which is for my face. So I will go underneath the eyes on my eyebrows and kind of just do a, like a little lymphatic drainage in the cheeks. But it's also just a really great way to soothe the muscles on my face. And then I have the Empress Wand, which is very specific for the face as well, but it really gets in there. I really, really suffer from tension in my face, my scalp, my neck, and my shoulders. And so this little wand is really great for massaging at the temples and on my eyebrows throughout the day. I'm always using this. And then I have the Aura Stone, which is the body gua sha. And that I mostly use on my legs and on my arms since I suffer from carpal tunnel and sciatica. And so that's a really great way to just move stagnation and inflammation throughout the body. So that's something I do at home on a day-to-day basis. And then the last thing I wrote, which I know I've said a million times, but grounding outside without my feet on the ground. You mean without your shoes? Sorry, yeah, without my shoes on the ground, just touching the earth in whatever way possible. If you're in New York City, put your fucking hand on a tree. It's, you know, whatever you can get. So I just wrote down those as just little examples. I didn't necessarily want to overwhelm with all of the health tip trick tools I do, but those are some examples of, I think, very wellness specific, if that makes sense, that I do throughout the day. Yeah. It also reminded me when you were saying like, what, how can I show up for myself today? I did this little meditation. I've, I've mentioned them on the podcast before, The Daily Shine. They have daily 10-minute meditations and it's a podcast. So it's really nice because it, you know, it can be inserted into your routine because it's already on the podcast app. And there was one where they talked about, you know, what are, what are the attributes you look for in a relationship? And it's not even a romantic relationship, just a partnership, a friendship, like just with people that you want to surround yourself with, what do those people possess, right? And to me, it was like passion, gentleness, tenderness, silliness. You know, there's all these amazing things that I look at when I look around at the people that I keep close to me. 
And then it spun it around and said, okay, take those attributes and how can you apply them to yourself? Like, what can you do to be a partner to you? You know, you're a partner to all these amazing people around you, but like, how do you then exhibit tenderness, gentleness, silliness, passion in with yourself? So that was really nice way for me to frame it in my mind. And I keep coming back to that because I think a lot of, there's definitely a narrative around people saying, you know, treat yourself like you would a friend or, you know, talk to yourself like you would a friend. And I don't know, it just never really like captured me as what can you do to be a partner to yourself? To me, that felt more meaningful. And it does shift a little bit because I then see all those attributes in myself and then I'm able to kind of do what everyone says is like treat yourself like a friend. So if that's an exercise that you could do, you just list out all the attributes that you seek in other people and then apply them to yourself throughout the day. And so, you know, if I'm having an intense moment or a really challenging moment, I'll remember the like silliness and passion part of myself that I want to exhibit or exude. And if I'm really tired, I'll be gentle dull and more like caring towards myself. So it's so annoying because it's like such a constant monitoring and self maintenance process. And it, it really never ends. Do you ever feel that way where you're just like, holy shit, I don't want to say it sucks, but yeah. Okay. I want to talk about this. You're hitting on a very good point here. Yeah. And it's something I come across a lot, especially when I was in the beginning of my healing from bipolar is this resistance of why do I have to do all of these things to feel my best? Why do I have to eat right and sleep well and monitor my thoughts and create all these intentions and be aware and conscious and grateful and morning routine and blah, 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 blah. And there are many times where it is frustrating that we have to do all these things for sure. And that frustration and that resistance doesn't actually feed us. And because we're so adept to go straight to the resistance is just proof that we need to be doing all these models to come to a place of acceptance that this is part of the human experience. This is part of the modern world we live in. And you can choose the alternative anytime you want. You don't have to take care of yourself. You don't have to make intentional choices. You don't have to treat your body a certain way. You don't have to set up your mornings. You don't have to do any of this. Either one, just specifically because it doesn't work for you, or two, out of resistance. But if it's out of resistance, you have to ask yourself, how are these choices benefiting me? Like what not engaging in this, not putting in more effort, not showing up for myself every single day because it sounds exhausting. Oh, it would be chaos. It would be chaos. <laughs> yeah, it'd be total chaos. So just coming back to this place of gratitude that we get to feel good by doing these things always helps me snap out of those moments where I'm like, why do I have to monitor and take care of myself so fucking much every fucking day? Usually when I ask that question, it's because something is out of alignment emotionally, spiritually, physically with myself that I need to get back into alignment because when I get into a groove where I have my morning routine, where I'm eating really right, where I'm going for walks, where I'm doing Melissa Wood Pilates and meditations and taking all my supplements and taking baths and putting coconut oil all over my body and doing my skincare and not using my phone and grounding and expressing gratitude and praying to God and reading, like all those things, they take more effort, but they actually promote a sense of complete joy, nourishment, and fulfillment and grounding in myself. And so 
when I feel that resistance, I remind myself that I am worth the effort. Yeah. I think also there's something to be said about, you know, sometimes I am grateful that I have to do all these things because it gives me kind of like an emotional maturity almost and an awareness that I probably wouldn't have I feel like at some point I would have had to do this work. So it's kind of nice that I'm already implementing these types of habits and foundations. You know, maybe we have to work a little harder, but then other people, if other people have more like peace of mind and and ease, which what's that like? But it's interesting because then I would have never come across philosophies or mentalities or mindsets like Lacey Phillips and like manifestation work. Like I would have never done any of that type of work, which, you know, yes, helps with the current state of my brain and the way I feel things, but it's also bringing me to a level of, yeah, what you said, nourishment, fulfillment, satisfaction that I don't think I would have been at if I wasn't doing all that work. Does that make sense? Like, I think you also have said this where you're like, I thank God for my bipolar disorder because it gave me all of these amazing tools and like it forced me to learn all these amazing tools and lessons that fulfill my life and that up-level it in a way. Whereas I don't think we would have had those types of mindsets without it, you know? Yeah, I think that the healing work that you've done and the wellness work and the self-care work, all three of them, have completely led you to your magnetic manifestation at Camber. I don't think that you would be where you're at today with Camber if you hadn't walked through and checked off, you know, not checked off because it's never checked off, but walked through willingly into the self-care, into the healing and into the wellness lifestyle. Exactly. I agree. What a nourishing conversation. So soothing. I feel so nourished. I feel like that was really, really beautiful. And I'm really excited because my new blender, the Beast Blender, have you seen it? It's gorgeous. Oh my God, you got that? That's on my Hanukkah list. Oh yeah, I got it because I'm going to try to not eat as many eggs because one, eggs can cause inflammation and breakouts with acne, which I'm acne prone. So I was like, I need to, what excites me for a breakfast? And it's not oatmeal, it's not granola. So I'm jumping back on the smoothie game very intentionally. I'm going to be loading it up with ashwagandha and lion's mane and bulletproof protein powder. So I'm excited for this new journey. And I think it's at my doorstep right now. Wow. I I hope you don't experience the afternoon crash that you did and the extreme fatigue that smoothies historically have given you, but uh, we'll pray for you. Oh, yeah. So I think that what happened was that I wasn't eating like enough solid food early in the day. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't eating lunch until like two. And so I think I need to, we'll we'll experiment. I'll let you know. Great. We love that. Keep Keep us abreast. I will keep also Beast. It's such a beautiful product. Terrible name. Yeah, really weird name. It seems a little off brand for them because it's like a little aggressive. And then the product itself looks like a piece of art. Yeah. Yeah. The name is a little jarring. But anyway, sisters, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to DM us, we want to hear your wellness hacks or even better yet, we'll start a little thread in our Geneva Community Center. You can go to the link in the show notes to join our community app there and we can all trade our wellness, lifestyle, hacks, tips, and tricks because we love you and we love hearing from you. So you can follow me at Scout Sobel. You can follow Mads at Maddie Mayo. 
And obviously, you know, at OKSIS Podcast on Instagram. And sisters, if you like this episode, we would be so honored if you would text it to a friend and leave us a rating and review. Thank you, sisters. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalgleish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together. Love you. Love you.